0: Everybody, we're back. Another episode of Double Coverage. Myself, J-Mac with D-Mac on the other side right there. Uh, As you guys know, Double Coverage with the McCordy Twins. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, all of that stuff. Make sure you go subscribe. And for you guys that are here tuned in, make sure you go get that FanCred app. If you want to come on and get a chance to ask me and Deb a question, go to the App Store, download FanCred. Once you get the app, you just got to sign up you go to on-air, you'll see the podcast. Then you hit the green uh, button to get in line, and you get a chance to come on and be face-to-face-to-face with me and Dev and ask your question. How are you doing this Sunday evening? I'm doing good, man. We might as well get into it. I thought today was an awesome stance um, just from players kind of binding together um, and making the messaging even stronger. Um, if you guys didn't notice, if you went on Twitter or Instagram, um, you saw a lot of players. Uh, with the hashtag we want to play um, and really just urging the league office and the ownership to really kind of work with us and work this out. Um, And I get everyone's talking about, everyone always talks about football players. They always talk about millions of dollars of this, financial part that. But I think the most important thing for every player right now is our safety. I don't care how much money you have. It doesn't matter if your family member gets sick or uh, a kid gets sick or uh, a grandparent. Um, or mom or dad like that's what guys care about right now Um, and what's important to guys and I think I thought that was just awesome to see so many guys come together um, and really deliver a strong message. Yeah to me what was key uh, was just the cohesiveness of it all and I think uh, we don't always do a good job uh, of doing that as players using our own platforms to get a message out and and show unity Uh, with any given topic you know usually uh whenever there's a a a thing with the cba uh we'll see guys um, the media will post something what's going on with pa nfl and we'll see guys tweet about it like what the heck is this what the heck is that so i think we've done a really good job as players uh to make sure everybody's informed make sure everybody's on the same page and in this situation we all want the same thing Uh, so I, i think it was really good like you just said to challenge the league and like, hey. Let's work this thing out. We all know that there's a global pandemic going on. We know that there's going to be risk involved, but let's minimize the risk as much as possible uh, to make the game as safe as possible for us to be able to go back and play. Because, I mean, hey, this pandemic has been rough on everybody, and I think um, sports is a way that we can kind of ease the feelings of the stress and anxiety uh, that everybody's going through. For us as players, we get a chance to get out there and do what we love, and for fans, uh, they get to sit down and be able to watch sports that they've watched for so many years that, that they love, that brings people together, that changes the subject, Gives people an opportunity to just relax and enjoy something and kind of forget about the situation uh, that's at hand. So I, I'm looking forward to us hopefully being able to work this thing out as training camp is rolling around the corner. Um, time is going and It sucks because we knew this was coming, but uh, it's crunch time. And as we know, per CBA stuff and any – per – free agent deals per uh, franchise tags, per rook. Anything that gets done as always comes down to the last minute when there's deadlines involved. So hopefully this is gonna be the same way. I, I see we just got a comment, the the real LX men from YouTube. Uh, I don't get the play football, but can't swap jerseys part. Uh, also, do you guys read these comments? So obviously he knows we read these comments. Yeah, and like, I mean, and I think that's one of the things like, you hear that it doesn't make sense like we're gonna play football um swapping jerseys and honestly even for us as players like the last thing we should care about swapping jerseys and it's vice versa like that's not a rule that matters swapping jerseys or or taking a picture after the game uh that's not the issue but I think like Jay just talked about training camps around the corner and as a player you just want to know there's some guidelines going in I hear everybody talking about other people they go to work and, and agree like And a lot of guys want to go to work, but I think everyone um, who has gone back to work, they have gone back to work with some guidelines, some do's and don'ts, some things that are a lot different than what they used to be. Um, So I think for us, we got to iron that out because we play a game um, that's different than some other professions where we're asked to be really right on top of each other um, for – for practice time, call it three hours. And, and, you know, within that three hours at any given moment, it could be a tackling circuit. It can be a blocking circuit. It could be man press where you're right in another man's face and you you have to compete. So at any given time, we put ourselves in a higher risk than we're used to because we don't usually have to talk about COVID. And, and, you know, from last year, we've all dealt with, call it the flu and different things like that. Um, And we've known how to adjust and handle that. But this right here is just so different. Um, of how to handle it. So it'll be very interesting to see how things move going forward, especially with some of these rookies having to report back early. Probably the, some of the guys that know the least about what's going on, uh, having to be there is not a great feeling, I would say. Yeah, and that's what's so crazy is because as time is, is dwindling and for a while there, for a few days, you'd see different things where it's just like Houston's rookies have been told that they should report. And it's just like there was something that came out yesterday like – all players are going to report on the 28th and injured players on the 23rd and rookies on the 21st. And as, as players, I, I, I just, we can give the perspective so everybody can understand as players. That was for a lot of us. That was the first time we've seen these dates. You're seeing people uh, in the media post things, but like from a player standpoint, we have no idea when our report date is, what time do we report? What's the process when we get there? All 90 guys can't report at, one o'clock to the stadium. So it's just like, Hey, if we all report on the 28th, Hey, is it alphabetical order? Is the first 15 guys reporting at this time? Hey, or do we got to go up the day before to get tested? Are we reporting that day? Are you getting tested? Then go home. So it's just, it's a, it's a bunch of questions. And I think, um, from a player standpoint, that's why you're sitting there. You're just like, man, like if, if I have these amount of questions right now, of course you don't feel totally secure saying, Hey, I'm getting ready to walk in the building right now and, hey, we're on, we're on to training camp without an idea of like, hey, these are the things we're going to be doing. This is how things are going to be different. In this arena, things are going to be the same, but you can expect this when you walk in. So I think obviously we still have time for these things to be worked out and for it to all be figured out and for us to be ready to go. Uh, but it's a process, and I feel like you got to knock things out uh, before you're able to walk in that building. And I think this is a, a pretty interesting comment, Kimberly Wilson. Uh, I'm hearing some players are opting out. Um, I haven't heard any definites on players opting out, but I think it's very interesting with the whole opt-out option um, for guys having to really make a decision and, and figure out what's best. Um, and I would encourage guys of, as of right now not to even make a decision, but still let things play out before. And I know it, it's not an ideal situation where you would rather have more time to really think about uh, knowing all of the details. Um, but it is – I think it is something that we will see throughout the league, guys opting out. Um, and and I, I think both of us have talked about it, though. You know, you don't know what you're going to do, but you want to have all the information before you start yeah. saying, I'm definitely doing this or I'm definitely doing that. And um, it will be interesting in the next couple of days as more information comes out. W- but without a doubt, you, you're going to expect guys to opt out. you got to think about it. Uh, I remember at some point in this offseason when everything hit, going to a doctor's office and a doctor saying his assistant – was now working from home because she had an underlying issue that Corona could be very fatal to her if she came in contact with anyone. And you got to think about it, as players, we're no different. There are going to be guys that maybe have underlining uh, health issues that is going to cause them to say, no matter what the guidelines and what the situation is, it's just going to be too dangerous. There's going to be guys who have kids, who have parents, who have aunts, uncles, uh, immediate family members that are maybe in close vicinity that they can't avoid, that they're going to say, hey, like this is too dangerous, and I just can't go and risk even thinking about going to play football right now. So I have to stay home. I'm not going to the grocery store. I'm not doing certain things, and we're being extremely careful. So going to play football where it's impossible to be careful. And I know people have talked about, hey, you're going to be getting tested more than the regular population. It's possibly every day, every other day, which is amazing. But it's at the same time. I can go into the building, me and you can walk in this morning and be tested and it may take 24 hours before we get those results back. So we clear it. we're all in the building, even if we're tested daily, that time it takes for us to that we go home. Somebody possibly goes out to eat. Somebody possibly has a friend or a family member flying from out of town, coming to visit them. You don't know what it can take. And then the next day you show up to the building, you may get tested that day, but then you're not getting those results for another probably 20, 24 hours, and you're still in the building and you're still amongst everybody, which possibly if you are positive could be spreading germs. But um, I guess we can go on about this all day, but we got a special guest. Um, My guy, Bernard Pollard, I played with in Tennessee, uh, a Purdue Boilermaker, uh, a Super Bowl champion, uh, played for the Chiefs, for the uh, Ravens before he made his way. Uh, to Nashville, uh, a leader, a guy that is well-respected and a guy that talked a lot of trash uh in his playing days. Man, welcome to the show, VP.
1: What's up, man? I see, dude, y'all two suckers. Y'all dark-skinned. I, I thought I was dark. <laughs> y'all joke is
0: dark. Nah, that, you, know, you know what you told me? You know what you told me the last time I saw you at J-Max's wedding? Yeah, yeah, you told yeah. Me, He was like, man, you talking trash, but you can't talk to me till you get a Super Bowl ring. So I couldn't wait till the next time I saw you because now I got three of them things.
1: Yeah.
0: I put show like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good to talk behind that camera when I see you. I'm going to you right <laughs> in the face. <laughs> it's,
0: it's good to always see you and know that things haven't changed. You still always talking trash.
1: <laughs> always. Why why should I change, bro? You look like you at the church right now. You good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, man.
0: Hey, this, we, I'm, I'm back in Fox, bro. I don't got much on the walls. I don't got the pretty trophy room like you got, man.
1: Yeah, hey, well, I got my ring first. Now you can say, you know, you want to see my ring.
0: (laughs) Those game balls got to be from, like, what, Kansas City, Houston. Ain't many game balls from Nashville. Y'all ain't win many games. Hey,
1: I I got a couple where we uh, beat the piss out of New England, but you good?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, since you started there, um, a lot of people called you uh, the Patriot Killer. What did you think about that nickname? Was that something you wore proudly, you didn't think twice about? Uh, How did you feel about that nickname?
1: Man, look, I think you know me well enough, J. Mac. I, I play the game hard, and, and and so for for me, it was um, I just played tough, and, and it was a it was crazy that all the most of a lot of the injuries happened to the Patriots when I played them. Uh, but I think you know it's it's the team where the fan base is is uh, they're excited about what they do. Uh, they they are excited about the product on the football field. But I think when you look at when I played New England, it was Tom Brady, it was uh, Gronkowski. Um, it was Wes Walker. It was uh, – well, Stephen really was just on a team. But, you know, um, you know, I think, you know, one of those things, man, it's just it, – it's tough. And, and, I mean, you look at it, I think the Super Bowl was lost because Gronkowski wasn't 100%. A season was lost because – not so much lost, but the playoffs was missed when Matt Castle had to step in because Brady was down. But, you know, I, I think, you know, they're looking at two two more Super Bowls potentially that the, the organization uh, could have had.
0: No doubt about it. Now with everything going on in 2020. Uh, if you were still playing, would you take part in the season this year with everything going on with the COVID 19?
1: I would. Uh, I think for me, I, I'm a I'm an entertainer. I I love this game. Um, I I want to play this game, and I think I would potentially, almost for sure, go get a hotel. And I think I said this before on the podcast. Uh, a week ago, I, I, I mean, I was separate from my family. Um, and, and I mean, as much as I love my family, as much as I, uh, I want to be around them, uh, they know and understand that daddy played football for a living. And, you know, for us as football players, uh, we got a short window uh, to play this game. So I think that's where, you know, I, I, that's the standpoint I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, I get it. This is, this is serious. People have died. Uh, people are continuing to get sick uh, from this, but, um, you know, I, I would definitely play and and, and, and perfectly uh, we can keep everything right. But I think, you know, uh, when you look at what the NFL is, is doing, we really don't know a lot of what they're trying to do. I know you guys know a little more uh, still being in the league and being a uh, part of those meetings. I just I think for me, I would uh, I would hope that they're doing what they can. You can't stop getting infected. You can't stop it. Uh, you can't stop getting sick. But I think what we can do is try to figure out a way to try to minimize minimize as much as we can.
0: No doubt about I that. A, I got a cool question just from your time in the NFL. What was your favorite team to play for, um, and, and kind of why? Like, if you had to give fans a behind-the-scenes uh, look at a team that you really enjoyed playing for, uh,
1: you know, my my favorite uh, my favorite team uh, by far is Baltimore. I I think you know the way my personality. I think my my you know the way that I played, the way that I led. Um, I fit, I was a perfect piece to that puzzle, uh, in Baltimore, obviously, you know, we lost to you guys, uh, and I think it was 2011 or 2012, uh, but then turn around and spanked that butt in 2000 and, uh, going to the Bowl 2012 or whatever, 2013 season. But I, you know, I, I fit there and, and I, and I tell a lot of people, I was kind of, uh, coming out of that lockout, uh, when I was with the Texans in 2010 or 2011, I was, I, I was a little leery because I thought my attitude, I thought the way that I played, the way that I approached the game would clash with the Reese, the Ray Lewis, the Haloti the Terrell subs. But like I said, I was a perfect piece of that puzzle because, I mean, those dudes are just, it, it, it was a jungle in that locker room. It was, you know, the way that I thought, the way that we fought, you know, we, we fought for each other. We had each other's back at all times. And like I said, it, it, it couldn't have been any, any better, uh, you know, for me in that situation. That was probably the best team uh, that I, I've been on.
0: Man, uh, what what would you say is your favorite NFL memory? Unless take out your Kansas City time during Hard Knocks, where you're doing splits in the locker room, your <laughs> twinkle toes, and doing all that dancing. I I know that when you got to Tennessee, you said that was one of your favorites. But we, I mean, ma- matter of fact, explain to the people what what was going on Hard Knocks. I guess that was when you first was in the league. So that had to be what 2002 or something like that.
1: Bro, bro, I ain't that old, bro. You serious, dog? And, and keep on sucker that's why y'all suck they got no hair i got a little bit i'm still rolling but uh no it was it was 2008 it was actually uh it was yeah 2007 i'm sorry going into my second year and uh hard Knox was with us and uh what a lot of people don't see you don't you don't see who's behind the camera you don't see you know the, the person that's that's kind of leading uh everything that's going on and so we had a couple women that were there and so we always laughing around we came um we finished with like a meeting, and we had a little break, a little downtime, or whatever. So we were clowning around the locker room, and so we all were kind of talking about, okay, well, what would you do if you weren't a football player? You know, if football ended today, what would you go do? And and, and so me, I'm a fool, anyways. I was just like, I, I would definitely be a male stripper. Um, you know, I, I had to go strip and, and and you know do what I got to do to provide for the family. So you know, we all, you know, I think somebody cut some music on. I said, no, 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 no. So that's when I ended up going to the stereo and uh, putting putting on a cut. Uh, and, and had to show them that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I can make it happen and I still can make it happen at 35 years old. I, I you know, I still can drop down, do the splits. I still can dance. I'm, I'm from the 260, and we, and we dance. Yeah.
0: Go look at, uh, hard knocks, 2007, uh, eight season, Kansas city, Bernard Pollard dancing. Go check that out. You'll get a good laugh. Um, uh, we, we got a good question. Somebody said any tips for any young DBs? And I think that throws us right into the next part, um, I guess you could give some tips and then tell people what you're doing now and how you're kind of paying forward the knowledge and and what you've experienced in the NFL to young DBs.
1: You know, D, I think, you know, when when we look at the game of football, you know, as I watch, being done and and retired, as I watch football um, now, I I just, I see, you know, there's not as much communication. I, I see younger and younger players uh that are out there having to play because the veterans are just you know so many teams they want those young players because one you know is less money and then two you know they, they're trying to get rid of those veteran guys uh from uh the squads or whatever but I, you know i when i watch it i just watch uh I'm a, big, I'm a big communicator. I'm a, I'm a big person and, and, and talking about things pre-snap and, and and how do you figure out formations and how can we watch film. And J-Mac knows this, man, as far as staying and studying and understanding the pass game and, and what you're doing on third and fourth down and, and just things like that. Uh, so I think, you know, that's one of the biggest things I see uh, as I watch the game of football today. So for a lot of young DBs, I think my tip would be stay and watch film. You know, do, do what you need to do to be the best that you can be. Um, this is a passing and lead, and and so you know you've got to understand route combination. You have you have to understand uh, the cadence of the quarterback. You got to understand those linemen for the safeties. You know as far as what those hands look like uh, when they're pass setting or run blocking. It's been a lot of pass setting because, like I said, it's, we're dealing with a passing lead. But understanding you know where re- receivers line up, are they inverted? You know uh, if a guy is out of position, if his if his feet not looking right, you know this guy might end up running the speedo. I know I say speedo a lot. J Mack was just like, what the crap is that? But you know, for for me, I, I just thinking. You know, given those, you know, as especially as I train now, I, I train guys to understand all of that. I speak that verbiage as I train them, so they understand when they go to a team, they're automatically talking football verbiage, verbiage and not just saying, "Okay, well, he ran up there and went like that." Mm-hmm. Well, no, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to talk about the route, articulate what's going on, so everybody in the defensive room, uh, your coaches, understand all of that.
0: No doubt about it, and. Um, while you were playing, you already said Baltimore was the best team. You enjoyed that the most. Out of your teams, was there one team where you were just like, hey, if I had to do it over again, never would have wanted to play there. just wasn't the experience I was looking forward to. Because a lot of times we don't get a chance. That's kind of our locker room talk or yep. group text message. And I'm not telling you to air anybody out or anything like that. But it was Was there any situation? Where was just like, man, that was just a bad situation. Basically, basically like the Cleveland year. For me, it was Cleveland. I say that all the time. Year nine for me didn't exist. Like, that was a year to get healthy. Like, that was just – I would never do that again.
1: Right. I, you know, I, I think you know this. I, I think, you know, for me, one of the best things for me is is the the, the friendships and the camaraderie that, that I, I've built with, with you guys, you know, with – you know, still off that team. I talk with you and uh, talk with Mike and, and maybe a couple other guys. But I think Tennessee would be the team that, you know, for, I thought that this – it would be a little different. And I was a little pissed off because – when I went to Tennessee, I was supposed to sign with Indianapolis. Well, uh, Baltimore held my rights. So I wasn't able to, uh, when, when they cut, when they released me, they did not sign the papers and, and allow me to go ahead. And I had a flight to Indianapolis with Chuck Pagano Osborne. He was the head coach, mm-hmm. and he was going to bring me in. He was my DB coach in Baltimore. And um, they held my rights. Me and John Harbaugh had a, a, a difference or whatever uh, in opinions and everything else. You know, they held my rights. So they ended up signing uh, uh, the kid on steroids, the safety off steroids, uh, uh, Landry. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, bro. Look, I ain't ashamed. If that sucker got us, hey, if he want to see me, I see him and his brother. But nevertheless, bro, uh, yeah, they ended up signing that sucker. It didn't pan out. Uh, but I ended up going to Tennessee, man. And and I I think, you know, it was I had to sign with them because it was so late, especially for veteran guys. Yeah. You know, when, when it's late in free agency period, you got to go with the team that, you know, is showing you the interest. And it for, for me, it was Tennessee. But when I got there, it was just a little different, man. The culture um, you know, and Jay Mack, not to talk about it or, or, or to, you know, whatever, because you're a Super Bowl champion now. You understand what that winning culture looks like. But, you know, when you're used to going home, uh, vacations are planned in December. You know you're not going anywhere after, uh, you know, after the last game of the season. Um, when it comes down to uh, the facility, and, and, and I had to argue. I think you noticed. I had to argue for a steam room in Asana when I was in Tennessee. You know, they didn't understand. Like, they just wanted to go buy a corporate building, and they just put an organization there. Well, no, you gotta. You have to. You have to provide these guys with a way that winning culture. So that steam room, that sauna, the right wet room, the right, uh, right weight room. I walked into Tennessee. Y'all had bands everywhere, and I'm like, what the freak is that? How you getting stronger? How you, you know, injury prevention and everything else? So you know, nothing against you know them, but it was awful. I think they're trying to turn the corner now, but they're still pretty bad. Um, so it'll be all right.
0: No doubt. Before we let you go, uh, social media. You've been getting into NASCAR. Uh, and all of that, what's that been like, and how did that start the uh, interest and in everything?
1: Well, I think you know, watching uh, my wife was watching CNN, and uh, it, Don Lemon was saying he was gonna interview Bubba Wallace. And, and and I'm when he said Bubba, I'm like, okay, well, is that a brother or you know, a white dude named Bubba? So, end up, you know, I, I look at the screen and, and Bubba Wallace was talking, and 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 I'm like, yo, I didn't know it was a, a you know, black dude driving, and of course, he's mixed, but you know, nevertheless, we I see him as black, but um, so with that, you know. I know for me, for thirty-five years, man, I've never. Being from Indiana, we have the Indy 500 and all that other stuff. I've never known about it. I, you know, I, I've known NASCAR is around, but I didn't know about NASCAR. So I just always thought you just went around in a circle, and you know, whoever wins wins. There was no strategy. Uh, so for me, man, you know, seeing that, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to invest time. I wanted to uh, just learn about it. And so as I, I as I got to watch races, and and a lot of people say, well, you just watch it because of Bubble Wallace. Wallace, he, he just, he sparked my interest after mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I, I want to see the strategy, I want to see how guys are performing I want to see and understand what makes these drivers these crew chiefs, these spotters tick and so man, I just sat and watched man, and, and just continued to watch, I've watched every race from beginning to end and uh, you know, now I got to, I, I didn't change my office around, I got rid of my desk and opened up my office and did some things different. I got a I got a rig behind me, a, a, a racing simulator. Uh, I've been I racing on that, man. I'm literally, like, like I'm trying to figure out a nickname for myself. I don't know if I'm going to be the Black Dale or if I'm a you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to be. But I think at the end of the day, man, like, I'm really enjoying this race. I just watched the race, um, and a young fellow won, uh, won number three car. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Kevin Harvick dude, just because he's a 44-year-old veteran. Uh, but I don't have a favorite driver. I'm just enjoying the race. I'm enjoying a, the, the, the sport.
0: Man, that's dope, man. Cool. Well, we we appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a lot of kids married. So I know you're a, a busy guy like Devin myself. Uh, for you, yeah. man, check him out. Anybody in that Nashville area, I got a chance when I went down to Nashville to train with BP. Uh, you're not going to find somebody with more energy than him. Uh, he's going to coach you up on every little thing and get you better so as always i appreciate you bro and good luck with everything
1: all right bro man thank y'all for having me y'all take it easy appreciate yeah, sir. It.
0: that was awesome man other than other than a lot of pictures fans probably being very upset i see us interviewing bp um uh obviously a great dude you got to spend a lot more time with yeah. him um learned a lot from him and i remember obviously, uh, he, when he got when he got to Tennessee, he was coming off a Super Bowl in Baltimore, and I think obviously for me now reaching that height, um, your expectations now once once you get there, like every season is about getting back there, and your expectation level just rises. Like what you thought maybe was okay the field no longer exists, and when he got there, he had that high expectation. I remember it was so funny because uh, Munchak was our head coach uh, at the time, and BP got there, and when BP first got there. <laughs> you know, I thought I was gonna have to get his ball for him. There you go. Uh when BP first got there, uh he was a guy. Like, guys, this is somebody that's won a Super Bowl, he knows what it takes. Like, he's the guy that we can learn from. And BP is so loud and opinionated that by the time we got to the end of the season, I'd be meeting with Muncha. He'd be like, Man, we gotta we gotta figure out like how we can calm BP down and simmer him down. So uh he's somebody that was vocal, he's gonna let his opinion be known. Uh, before we get any further for you guys, make sure FanCred app, go download the app, log in. Once you do all that, you get a chance on air button, the green button, you get a chance to come on air and uh, be able to ask uh, me and Dave uh, any question uh, that you like. And I, I already see there's been uh, quite a few questions going as we were talking uh, to BP. So let's see if we can uh, knock
2: some somebody, of
0: those things out. I can't stand them. I got got to go get that ball. You can handle it while I'm going, answering questions. The basketball game stopped because he lost the ball. Yeah, you got to tell them you off dad duty when it's time uh, for the podcast. Um, How does a a sport backed by that much money not have the answers for their employees? A question many people want answers to, but, hey, it is what it is. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Alejandro, Patriots fan club, Costa Rica do you know anything about the Oakley homeless helmets? Have you received in the test? Them? Uh, yeah, good question. No, we haven't received the Oakley helmets. Uh, from what I've read on Twitter from the beat reporters and different stuff, like you guys have probably seen, um, they said those are going to be available for us throughout training camp uh, to be able to try out. So, I mean, I have every intention on trying and I'll, I have no idea what it's like, um, but something that is going to help um, with everything going on with the virus. I see no reason not to at least try it um, and, to, be, and to see if it's I'll something be rocking, to work. I'll be rocking it all training camp. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, what we got here? It has to be a classic moment right there. Me turning around, going, getting the basketball from under the couch. I wasn't even watching you. I must have missed it. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. Pretty cool, I must say. Uh, we actually got Mason coming up next on the fan line. We got Mason. Uh, Marion says she's not feeling confident it'll be a season. Uh, we're hoping that that's not the case. <laughs> oh, mama, we made it. What's up? What's
3: up? What's up? Hey, I want to real quick say to Bernard, hey, you got that W in 2012. Congratulations. But that stripper dance on Hard Knocks, that's a massive L, dude. No <laughs> one wants to see that. Just, no, you shouldn't hey, have done
0: that. Him. We killed him in the locker room when he first got the home. <laughs> that
3: was brutal. Uh, but, hey, I appreciate it. Um, I wanted to ask you started the show with it. Um, was that a planned social media kind of outburst from? Not, I don't want to call it, it's not an outburst, but you know a stance from like significant players on the league. Were you aware of this? And then you just all right, you know we got to make our voices heard. And then you know all of a sudden eighty, hundred people in the NFL start chiming in like, yeah, we want to play, but things got to change.
0: Yeah, man, it's been you know I think we've been just trying to get this thing done. So many different strategies, everything. Um, and you can see today, like, obviously you can't have that without some type of communication between guys. And um, it's just been, you know, if you've been a player and you've been on any of these calls, they're like two, two and a half hours sometimes of just questions, figuring things out. And um, like J-Max said earlier, I thought today was great just to see all the players unite. Um, but a lot of these things that you've seen players talking about or just having players all united together, it all stemmed from – a lot of guys on phone calls trying to figure out how they can help, how we can get the game as safe as possible for us to go out there and play. So it wasn't like one of those things where it was like, man, let's beg this guy. It's like it's just been everybody all involved. I mean, and I mean, I just think it goes to show how serious this pandemic is. Um, But it also shows how much guys want to play football. Like guys love this. Guys have been training all offseason, finding ways, whether it's been in driveways um, and parking lots. Guys have found – And you don't do that, you know, without the thought of, like, being able to get back and play. So um, guys that have already done a lot of physical and mental stuff to be prepared to play, we just want it to happen now. And I think we're trying to exhaust all options and make it as safe as possible for us and our families.
3: So real quick, following up on that, like you mentioned, it seems like the majority of guys agree and are on the same page, which is great. I hope that's the case. and. I don't want to say stick it to the NFL, but hey, like, listen, like, you know, we're we're the ones that make you millions. Let's make things safe for us. But following up on that, how do you get guys? Because I don't know how many there is 2000, 2000 plus people, if you include assist, assist coaches in the organization that play or on game day. So many people in different walks of life, different stages of their career, people who are convinced like, OK, maybe this is my one time to get this paycheck. Then I'm out. How do you convince that guy? with the same guy that's getting multi-millions to be on the same page for this cause? And, like, listen, if need be, we got to hold out, you know, so the NFL, you know, just meets our – but, you know, just our moral rights, you know, to be safe and everything.
0: Man, that, that right there is a great question. And, um, every time, every five, ten years when the CBA is about to come up and you hear all the wrong things league versus players, and that question you just asked is – the very reason why it's so hard as players to, in a sense, like you just said, stick it to the NFL, because when you compare it to, you have uh, NFL owners, 32 of them who are very similar, billionaires, businessmen or women that kind of know the ways around maneuvering things to get their way, because obviously of, of where they've been. A lot of them or not a lot of them. Some of them have been born into that role, have been groomed into that role. And on the other side of it, like you said, we have 2,000-odd players who come from all walks of life, guys who grew up with absolutely nothing who now have an opportunity to play, guys who are 10-, 12-year veterans who have made $100 million playing football and the undrafted guy who's just looking for his paycheck. And it's very hard to convince everybody because, hey, if I'm the guy who has a mom struggling, uh, a grandmother um, who's maybe in bad health, and I need this paycheck, hey, I'm going to work. There's nothing you guys are going to say that's going to convince me not to go to work. So I think at the end of the day, though, our league is driven by superstars. It doesn't matter how many guys want to go to work. If Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Saquon Barkley, if those guys aren't playing, it doesn't matter. People are going to be pissed off because everybody wants to see the stars of the league. So I think that's kind of where it starts and finishes for us as a league. And I think the difference between now and the CBA is one thing every guy can relate to is health. Like, I don't care if you've been in the league forever, if you made millions, if you haven't made any, your health is the most important thing because no matter what, if you have someone who needs money, if you're not healthy or, God forbid, you take something back home to someone that needs money or that depends on you, you know what I mean? I think that's what really has gotten guys involved because – no money, no status, no anything competes with health. Our health is something at times we don't have control over. At times we do, but it's something that we have to value because for everybody out there, we only get one life. Um, I think we have to value it, and I think that's the one thing that binds us all together. With this, um, it, it's not the financial part of what happens if we can. Like all of that, it has to be figured out. And, and not to say it's not important, it is. But nothing is more important than the safety of health. Of not even every player, but like you just mentioned, every head coach, assistant coach, and the front office people that have, like, there's so many people that are in that building that want them to be healthy. And some of them probably do have underlying health issues. So it's all it's all of the things we have to do when we talk about playing football in 2020.
3: Well, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for taking the time. And thanks for using your platform to, uh, you know, get uh, reach out to the greater good as well. And I hope you get everything you deserve. So I appreciate you guys.
0: Have a good night. You. Thank you for stopping in, man.
3: Yeah, if y'all didn't get a chance,
0: man, check us out. We did Monday morning quarterback last Sunday where we talked about a lot of these issues and a lot of things players have to think about. Um, and, and we focused on players, but like you just said, you could throw coaches in there too. Yeah, um, We got coaches that are in the mid to upper 60s, 70s, um, going out there and, and trying to get the job done. Um, and, you know, like that is a little nerve wracking, but at the end of the day, we need all of the proper guidelines. And then one of the biggest things we'll need to do is treat each other like family. And that means opposing teams, same teams, by everybody sticking to the plan, not being out, not doing stuff, um, but actually staying home and keeping everybody safe. Because that's, that's all we got. Here we go, two questions. Um, will you guys be doing double coverage during training camp? Uh, nah, uh, once and if, I guess, training camp starts, uh we'll be all in on camp. Uh focused uh there uh, won't be uh won't be able to get to the podcast. And but we'll then, be back. We'll be back. We'll be back post-training camp. Here's a good one. Do you get fined? I'll let Dev answer this. Do you get fined if you don't show up for training camp? Uh I believe it is forty thousand dollars a day if you don't show up for training camp. So uh but that adds up in a hurry, one would say. Like you just said. There's been so much conversation about negotiating, negotiating. But at the end of the day, once we signed our collective bargaining agreement, our CBA, uh, the CBA states you report to training camp. I think it's 47 days before your first scheduled regular season game. So once teams send out hey, Devin McCourty, your report date for training camp is July 28th. We will be reporting at such and such a clock. Your weight is whatever it is. You don't report that day. and You don't report the next day and the next day and the next day. You're contractually obligated to report to training camp. So it will be up to the team. They don't have to find you, but they can, per our CBA, find you. And like Dev said, I think now with the new CBA, you have to get fine. Yes. Different than yeah, I don't know how high the number is, but it's extremely high. So uh, most likely guys will be showing up. Uh, we had we a question. If training camp starts, you think it'll be open to the public? I do not think so. Yeah. I, it already came out. Um, how will your mindset change? Austin on Facebook, how will your mindset change uh, without fans if no fans are allowed? It won't. You just <laughs> yeah. got to play. I think I think that will be something that would be more of an adjustment. Like, no one knows how to handle playing without fans. You've been playing in front of fans your whole life. Like, it's very rare. I mean, unless you just grew up in a town where like no one cared about football, but even like at least your mom and dad, like you usually always has somebody in the stand. So um, I think that will really be preparation. I'm sure coaches will try to think of something. But overall, I think each guy will have to adjust to that um, of playing with no fans and bringing your own energy, a phrase that you hear a lot when we go on the road. Um, you'll probably hear a lot just all the time if the whole season's played with no fans. But it seems like a lot of teams have said, depending on what state rules are, they've already like taken down capacity like 20 or something percent. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, it'll be be interesting. We got Frank uh, coming up next uh, on the fan line. Got Frank um, coming up next on the fan line. People talked about players streaming from the locker room. Oh, that won't be us, Frank. What's up, man?
4: Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. Good to see you again. Hey, likewise, man. Uh, not often I get weekends off like this, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Hey, so um, you guys are trolling us pretty hard with the Bernard Pollard thing, bro. I mean, that's that's one of J
0: Max. That's one of J good friends, man. Yeah, oh my guy. And like he said, he's he's an entertainer, so mm. I got him here. He's always fun to talk to.
4: Uh, he didn't entertain me for a couple of years, man. <laughs> Y'all yeah, should have, have Lane Johnson on and talk about fun, too.
0: <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. We got um, to build that connection. I don't know, though. That, that'll be, <laughs> Patriots fans will love that one.
4: <laughs> hey, man, so that brought me back to us getting terrorized by Anquan Bolden back in the day. Like I remember a time when our secondary wasn't necessarily the, the strength of the team. Um now
0: I remember, I remember those times too.
4: <laughs> yeah, man. We had Julian out there, and I mean now our Great. secondary is really cool. So I mean, we talked about it a little bit last weekend about when we got Aki Talib. I think when he came to the team, he added a lot of um like not I don't want to say swagger, but I feel like we became a tougher team when he came on the team, you know? Well like well, Eric blunt too, but I mean who would you say over the years has contributed the most, whether players or coach, that changed our secondary to, like, be where it is today, you know? Um, I guess it's more for Devin, but, I mean, J-Mac, yeah. too, you know?
0: Yeah, I think I think we added different
4: guys throughout my time that really
0: wasn't. I think um, when I first got there, it was, it was a lot different. Like, I got there with some vets like Merriweather, James Sanders, um, and we actually we actually played pretty well my rookie year. I think we were, like, first and second in the league in interceptions. Like, and then my second year, Brandon Merriweather was gone. James Sanders, like, we kind of, like, started over. We, uh, our team was a lot different. Um, and I think yeah. in that year and the year, the next year, until we got to the lead, we just – honestly, we just didn't have a very good secondary. It didn't matter, swagger or anything. Like, we just wasn't that good of a secondary – um, and I think when we added to lead, um, then I moved to safety. I thought we really ended up, you know, swagger. Now, we ended up with some really good pieces in position with to lead Denner, Benner, Kyle Arrington, my yeah. Pat Chung, Steve Gregory. Um, I thought we just ended up with a very good group. And then every year after that, we just continued to build on it. That same group kind of came back that next year and then obviously in 2014. You throw Reeves and you throw Browner in there. Um yeah, so like Brown, They were very similar to the edge they brought. I remember Brown was like first training camp practice. James Sanders caught the ball in the flat, and really in the secondary, you just would tag a hit for something. And v Browner comes and lays uh, James out, and everybody's like, "Oh!" And right yeah. from there, like that—that that is how he was. He set that kind of tone every time he was on the field. So I would say to leaving Browner definitely brought a certain edge to the group. And and obviously Rebus and and like Gilly, they brought just straight animals. Like, they're just elite players. Um, But that edge type, uh, I thought it was cool for myself getting to see Tlaib and Browner just up close and that edge that they brought every day in practice.
4: No, they're definitely uh, you know, uh, were fun players to watch on the team. And after, well, after Tlaib left, Browner didn't really play much after, but I remember one play where Browner hit some guy, and then the ball went up in the air, and I think he got called back. But that it's, was a crazy play, too.
0: They called my pick six back. Oh, uh, bro. to it up. Clean how,
4: how is it that you only have one pick six, man? Like, I, I mean, remember.
0: I haven't done a good job getting that ball across. I got some yards now. You always get close, though. Like, if I yeah. remember,
4: you had a couple almost.
0: I don't back know. In the day, man, I was all about those fantasy points for the offense. I take <laughs> Inside the ten,
4: <laughs> hey, always a team player. <laughs> hey man, um, one more thing. Uh, Hightower and Chung, any chance you guys could ever have them on? I mean, I feel like they're two of my other favorite players on the team, and like we rarely see them outside of like football stuff. I know Here they're pretty go. much like you know. Here we go. The guys, we go. But they're awesome. are go. go. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take Hightower right
0: now. Assuming, assuming we're not at training camp by next Sunday. Those are going to be our targeted guests for next week. Chung and Hightower. Going to shoot them a text to get, to get them two guys. Chung and Hightower. Go. We're going to try to make that happen.
4: Awesome, man. Well, like always, continue to text to y'all guys and hope you stay healthy. Until next time, man.
0: Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Good to see you, bro.
4: Likewise. Take care.
0: All right. Yeah, that, that was a good question. I think um, when you talk about – I just texted him. I said, everyone wants to see you on next Sunday. I'm texting you live from the podcast. Uh, 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 When you talk about improving position groups, um, like he said, bringing a certain mindset. And then at the end of the day, like you kind of mentioned to it, you add better players to a secondary. Your secondary is going to be better. Like when you get an an undrafted guy like Malcolm Butler, who plays as well as he did when you draft a guy like Logan Ryan, Deron Harmon, yourself, that play as well as you guys did. When you get an undrafted guy like Jonathan Jones, J.C. Jackson, and you sign guys like Stefan Gilmore. Um, Jason and- McCourty. Yeah. and you have guys like Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty who play a decade plus and still are one of the best duos in the entire league, that's what enables you to have a good position group and enables you to keep getting, bre- keep getting better uh, every year. Uh, we got Zach uh, from Westwood coming up next. Our guy Zach on the fan line. Somebody said they can DM Chung on IG because he follows him. <laughs> That's his what accent.
5: What's up, guys? How you guys doing tonight? What's up, man? Doing good. So I have today. I have a question. And I have a follow up. So okay. first off, my question is: with training camp coming up, do you guys usually do like something different in the days or weeks prior to get yourself ready?
0: Uh, For me, I would say um, days prior um, is really just trying to maximize the family time. Now, this year, um, training camp will be a little bit different. I don't think uh, we're going to be mandated to stay in hotels, uh, so that'll be totally different. But uh, I won't talk about this training camp because I don't really know what it consists of. But usually leading up to training camp, every year we're in a hotel. You don't get to see your family much. Um, So just making sure I'm spending a ton of time uh, with the family for me. Mentally, that helps prepare me because I know once we get to camp, it's all football, practice every day, meetings all day. So I think for me, being away from it and focusing on the family allows me to go in free and ready to go from a uh, from a mental standpoint. Yeah, yeah same thing with me. Um, I know like maybe a day or two, three days before, kind of take it easy, a little bit on the training, run some striders, kind of get the body a little bit of rest before the huge impact. Um, and you try to give yourself a little gap from what you have been doing to prepare. Um, but then, just like J Max said, spending time with the family um, and really mentally getting in to try to go play your best football every year in training camp. You know, I always feel like it's an opportunity to go earn your spot on the team. Like, I know people always, you'll see all of these like roster breakdown 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 of the final roster. Um, and they'll have these training camp locks. But especially as you get older, you wanna to try to perform your best each time you step on the field because you know time's ticking and, and you don't know when your last opportunity to play is gonna be. Um so Thank mentally you. I try to really lock in on playing my best football.
5: Awesome. And then my follow up is with it with training camp probably not gonna be public this year, uh what are some ways you guys are gonna be able to sneak me in? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been going Ten day or ten
0: years every day. I don't want to break my street Dang. Dang, that's rough. Um, well, let us let us get there first and figure out the lay of the land uh, right now because we don't even know the protocols. Once, give us a few days to get there and see how they're doing it, and we got to, have to find a way to get you through one of them gates, man. You may just have to sit All up in right. a tree or something, though.
5: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm okay with that as long as I get in.
0: <laughs> there you go. We'll try to. We'll, we we got to figure out how to make it work, man.
5: Awesome. Thank you,
0: guys. No Have a great night. I appreciate that. I'm breaking news. Let me see Let me see if this will work. Okay. Can you see that? Anything for you, Dev. Write it down. We got high on the podcast next week. Assuming we're yeah. to our training camp. No, nah, next week we'll be fine. What's the date on next week? No, nah, man, I'm telling you. What do you mean? Next week is the twentieth. 26 we should be good there you go yeah we will be good we'll call it the training camp podcast no doubt we have Uh, a lot of answers by then cecilia on facebook said thank you for doing this uh every dang week no problem appreciate uh you for tuning in we got jordan coming up next on the fan line took me a little while michael jordan Uh, Nah, just jordan i don't know if that's first or last name i'm assuming first i think it's michael jordan Ah,
5: not Mike. My name is not Michael <laughs> Jordan, by the way.
0: <laughs> What's up, Jordan?
5: Not much, man. I got this on.
0: Oh, that's oh, They're making nose already, huh? Yeah, buddy. That's clean.
5: Yeah, I got it for 15 bucks. Cheap as heck. That's not bad
0: at all. That's my type of t-shirt. They there sell every go. Hey,
5: they sell everything on Amazon.
0: Yep. That's hey. true. That looks like good material, too.
5: I got a question, though. What's up? Is there any explanation
0: on the Malcolm Butler Super Bowl thing? Man, I probably answered this question so many times, and there has never been an explanation to exactly uh, why he didn't play. Um, and it was actually interesting because that next year we go, on, we go on to win the Super Bowl, and we had some conversations just as players about just moving on and not – allowing what happened the year before to be like the main topic of everything for that following year Um, because we kind of knew how that was just watching. Like when we beat Seattle that year in 14 of how how hard that was on them just moving forward because how angry a lot of people were. Um, And we really wanted to make sure as a team that we moved on. But still – um, I feel like that maybe that'll be like one of the Super Bowl anniversaries, fifteen years from now, where that question gets answered. But I guess there's going to be a thirty for thirty. I guess nobody will care about him, but I guess we'll see how that how that works itself out. But I was happy to see my guy Mount go down to Tennessee, sign that big. Is he contract if he's
5: still in Tennessee? Yep. Yep.
0: Okay,
5: I didn't yep. know if he was a free agent or in Tennessee still. Because no, I saw still, uh, Logan Ryan's a free agent. Cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, well, two, two of my favorite corners I've ever gotten a chance to play with.
5: So who was the hardest guy you ever had to go against
0: in practice? In practice? Uh, for me, it um, was the year uh, I was in Cleveland in 2017 um, when Josh Gordon first came back uh, when he was reinstated. He was uh, the toughest guy uh, to go against because at that point, he was not eligible to play yet, so he was a scout team guy. So every week, um, at that time, I'd be matched up on whoever we were playing that week, the best receiver, and J D would play the best receiver in practice every week. So most of the time, by the time I got to the game on Sunday, the matchup throughout the week was harder than who I was going to be going against on Sunday. What
5: about you, David?
0: For me, it would definitely be Grunt, playing against uh, and every day in practice. I would say – and I would really say him and uh, and Hernandez going against him – you know, them Them two would be beasts. When I played corner, Hernandez would come, and when we played the Dolphins, he would come be Brandon Marshall, Um, and you try to cover him, and he'd grab, he'd grab you in the back of the jersey to try to slingshot himself forward on the deep balls, could run great routes, was strong and physical, and then obviously Gronk, same way, physical. And then each year, Gronk got better at route running, so he was so hard to cover in practice because he'd throw you or he starts to be able to run up on your toes and break away. So those are two, two of the hardest guys I've ever had to cover in practice.
5: I'm going to end it with this. Garak looks like he's lost about 20 pounds.
0: He does. He does. He he looks slim and trim. Um, I guess some of that has to do too with that Tampa sun. That's no joke being out there training. So uh, it'll be it'll be good to see my guy back on the field. Um, and, and hopefully in 21 we'll get an opportunity to play against those guys. Uh, have Let's some your, fun. No doubt about it. they
5: come to Foxborough?
0: I, I, he I don't know for sure. But I think someone's <laughs> okay. told me that.
5: Right.
0: It'd be cool to give them the, the type of ceremony they deserve, too, and then hopefully beat up on them.
5: <laughs> hopefully Brady throws three picks that game.
0: <laughs> hopefully hopefully at least one of them to me. <laughs> there you hey, go.
5: hey, maybe both of you guys will get pick six that game. <laughs> Appreciate
0: guys, you, thanks man. Thanks for having me. No, not definitely. No, definitely. And Somebody said they thought Mal went to the Seahawks and left Tennessee. I didn't see that news. Yeah, no, I definitely. I, I, well, I haven't been on, on social media today, so I don't know if that broke today. But as far as I know, that is not that is not the case. What you got? What you I'm got bad. left? With you? I'm mad that I wanted to go get ice cream today, but the time snuck up on us for National uh, Ice Cream Day. That's another. I said to my wife today, like, who creates these national days? I feel like every time I turn around, it's like it's like National Dog Day. National. I feel like there's multiple National Siblings Day within a year. Like it's like nas- National Vegetable Day. Now, look, who comes up with these things? I mean, I don't get it. Can we do like National like Twin Day? We, there, there is a Twin Day. That exists, huh? Yeah, let's well, on that day we should release a podcast and maybe everybody should watch it because it's twin day or something. Or we just have a bunch of twins, twins on. That'd be we got uh we got Ben coming up next on the fan line. August uh hold on takes place for, oh, it's a whole weekend. The seven August seventh to the ninth. Where? I think in Ohio. Ben, what's up, man? Not
2: much. Um just wanted to uh check in, see how you guys were doing. Um, did you guys ever get the chance to see the uh, round table with Odell Beckham, Cam Newton, Victor Cruz? Um, this That was released this past week?
0: Nah, I saw like a snippet uh, from somebody has sent me um, uh, with, Cam, with Cam talking, uh, uh, but that was it. I didn't see the, the uh, entire thing. My
2: favorite part was Cam was like, you're getting a ticked off dog.
0: Yeah, I saw that part.
2: That team passed on me.
0: Yeah, man, it's uh I think that's a fun part about um just being athletes. Like sometimes people don't realize like guys are human, like you're you're just like everybody else. So um he should definitely he's fueled, he's ready to go. That's what it seems like. So um we're all of us are the same. I think if anybody, you know, if you're working at a job and they decide to let you go, you're gonna be pissed off, you're gonna wanna prove people wrong. Um, so I think it's the same situation, but I think for fans, nothing's cooler than turning on and seeing a roundtable, and you got Cam Newton, Aldo Beckham, Victor Cruz, like three other premier players. Uh, when Victor Cruz was playing, obviously, but all three of those guys at a time were, you know, the dominant guy at their position. Um, you know, and I, I think that's cool as a fan because I know even as a competitor, and I play against these guys. Uh, to watch those guys just talk about different incidents and talk about their past and and how they are how they got to where they are now, um, I think that's pretty cool. So I know a lot of people probably thoroughly enjoyed that, no doubt.
2: And uh, question for Dev: Dev, did you get the chance to sack Tom uh, at all during a practice in your career?
0: Sack him? No, you don't. You, I mean, oh, you all of the sack. But whenever I got cl- whenever I had a chance to come next to Tom. I, if this was Tom, I was by about five yards away, and I just run full speed and yell "sack." No, never you get you don't close to Tom, quarterback. And when it's Tom, you don't even come. close to actual yards I'm making sure you stay away. You'll get cut. You do something like that.
2: Um. Then my next question was uh, for both of you. Um. I know the tweets came out today regarding the player safety and causes that. Um. Now, do you think the coaches are going to say?
0: Other stuff like put that online as well? I'm not sure what the coaches will do. Um, I'm I'm sure for them as well, like Dev said earlier, um, they want everything to be as safe as possible as well because uh, second to the players actually being out there, tackling, blocking, and uh, and competing against each other. Coaches are right out there as well. Uh, They're on the sideline right in the midst of – And that's not only coaches, that's trainers, that's equipment people, that's football operations people. There are a lot of people that are going to be in close proximity uh, throughout all of this. So everybody that enters our building uh, for a football standpoint during the course of the season, I think, everybody's very concerned and wanting to know exactly how everything's going to transpire. I think as players, we actually – we just have a unique thing because we all have the following and the platform uh, to be able to come out with one message. For coaches, it's a little different because – Right now, it's not like there are media sessions, there's not press conferences. Uh, so I think they're kind of behind the scenes trying to work through this thing and, and figure it all out.
2: Thank you guys.
0: Appreciate you, Ben. Check. Yeah, uh, we had someone earlier uh, ask, um, what do we think about Stidham? Do we think uh, he has what it take? I think throughout our podcast, uh, since we've started just during the quarantine, Uh, we've talked at length of uh, how much we think Stiddy is a good player, uh, how he works his butt off, how competitive he is, how much he grew last year. Um, I think at this point we just need to have training camp so everybody can compete and we can get out there. And that's not only our quarterback position, that's everybody on the team. Like Dev said, him going into his 11th year here in New England, he still feels the need to prove himself every year and go out and earn his position. And is no different from uh, any other player. Uh, On the roster. Couple more questions, Greg. On YouTube, do you think this is the most competitive AFC you've played in? Um, It has a chance to be. I mean, we haven't played in it yet. Um, It's a lot of good football teams in AFC. Um, But every year, you know, no year is easy to an AFC championship or to a Super Bowl. So, um, but you know, I, I would be I'd be lying if I said this wasn't a really competitive AFC. Um, where you know I think for us as a team we're, in, we're just trying to survive we're gonna be out there competing our butts off and seeing where we rank but there's a lot of good football teams um, and I think that's exciting to know you're gonna have an opportunity to see how you stack up against these teams uh, when you get the opportunity so um, I, I'm excited to see how it all turns out. Yeah, definitely and I think uh, that's always um, that's always the way it is you know what I mean like you said you're always competing, And it's always going to be that way. And you always, no matter what, like Bernard came on, he talked about uh, what it was like. And I know you can remember competing against those Baltimore Ravens teams. And like my guy Frank said, and he talked about Anquan Bolden, like there's always players and teams throughout the course of your career where it was just like, man, I remember how much of a dogfight these games were and all of that. So, um, yeah, uh, to end the show, we got a few more minutes. We got one more guest on the fan line. We're going to bring Marcus on. Uh, we got a few more minutes before we uh jump off this thing, so let's uh bring Marcus on to close out uh this thing All right. what's up Marcus we got you up to close out the show I
6: love it uh, I just, you guys are awesome
0: appreciate
6: yeah. you man
5: just yeah,
6: uh yeah, it's this, gonna uh, be differently than the way you were saying, but the training camp. What are the expectations for Cam Newton for where it comes to
0: training camp? Uh, I think the expectations for him is going to be uh, like uh, 89 other guys that show up for training camp. Uh, for the new guys, is going to be getting in there, learning the system. And I think we're all going to be doing that. We're going to be learning. We're going to be doing virtual meetings probably at some point. Uh, then once we mm-hmm. finish that learning part and go through our meetings, the next thing is going out there on that practice field and competing and uh, for him is competing uh, to be the best player he can be for us as defenders when we're going against him. We're competing to make it miserable for him. So I think that's what training camp is all about as a team, but offense and defense, special teams, everybody just kind of getting after each other so we can make our team the best we can. So by the time uh, those games roll around, we're putting the best product we possibly can on the football field. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. uh,
6: Saying that question, I was like, he's so –
1: Motivated
6: with all his um motivations for the upcoming new, this upcoming season, you know, I feel the third way is you know you guys are saying about Cam Newton and also um the other question I also have um who do you think will be the starting job for the the starting quarterback because I really Thinking about uh, Cam Newton because I don't know about Kyrie's, you So what do you think about um which will start? I mean, because I mean Superman or Kyrie's. you know, what do you think about that?
0: Man, too bad. Too bad we can't get Josh McDaniels on here to tell everybody who. <laughs> but no, I think um, I think you got to let it play out. You know, like for me, I don't have a pick. Uh, of which guy, and, and honestly, I, I try not to even think about it um, because I, I think I love that part of training camp to be able to compete. I've been um, a part of secondaries where we've had open positions where guys have competed. And, you know, those are some of the training camps where you walked away and it was like, man, we left that camp feeling like we got four safeties who can now start because of how well everybody played. And that just makes your team better. So I'm hoping we walk out of training camp feeling like, man, there's three guys in that quarterback room that no one would have a problem with if they went out there and let us on the field. Um, and I think that's the best for everybody. So uh, I'm excited to see how it works out. You know, we got some veterans and some young guys that all go out there and compete.
6: Saying that, you know, Cam Newton is very motivated for all his um, motivations. So I'm on that uh, part of the other side with Cam Newton. I mean, because I checked out uh, Sims' highlights. He's good, but having a former MVP in Kent Newton that brings to the team. I was just saying all of that, and so, and you know, I just had to had to ask those few questions. Nice. I just felt like kind of important. Those are so, some good. Those are some good questions. good
0: questions. Appreciate you, man. Those are some good questions, man. It's good to see you, bro.
6: Ah, thank you, man. Thank you, homie. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yes, sir, man. We'll see you next week.
6: See this right here? This is from Tim Wright.
0: Okay. Rocks, brought up. There yes. you go, man. That's dope.
6: Yes. Yeah. I think that's it, really, because you know it's not my thing, right? So
0: oh. And make sure you make sure you check in next week. We got high. I, I text Hightower. Hightower's you know, coming on. He's coming yes. on next week. You know, Stay healthy, and we'll see you next week, man.
6: Yeah. All right. All right.
0: Here you go. This is kind of – before we get out of here, I haven't seen – there's so many people ask the same question. Austin Johnson said, best experience uh, with Coach B. And someone said, I read an article today The past players and coaches were saying Belichick is actually really funny um, in a football setting. Do you guys agree? And then can you guys tell us a funny Belichick story that not many fans would know. Brandon and Sarah uh, both said that on Facebook. So I think um, I think obviously uh, what you heard from past players and coaches is true. Uh, Bill is definitely funny once he gets rolling um, with the jokes and the, the kind of dry sense of humor. Um, no Belichick story, but I can't wait till we get back in this building and we can all talk about this five dollar foot long subway commercial set that we all saw Bill on. Um and he had on his same he had on the same coaching sneakers from the facility when you see. Uh so I, I am very excited uh to see I am I'm, I'm gonna go out on the limb and say Jules probably brings it up first. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to see are we gonna get are we gonna get free Subway for the year? Like is that gonna be what happens? Like do we get that? Subway makes a, a great chocolate chip cookie, as I believe when I used to eat there all the time. So I'm excited to see what comes of this. Like was he selfish and just worked out a deal just for himself or did he put the team first and bring Subway to everybody so we'll see how it works out maybe COVID, COVID uh meals is subway for now i don't know we'll talk to ted we'll talk to bill and get that figured out so is is that your is that your message for today because that was that was a great way for me to go ahead and end this thing i don't know if you had something else but if not like that was a great way to end it but um, I do have, you know what I mean? I, I just think, um, I think with everything going on, I know probably a lot of people have spent a lot of time on hard decisions and decision making um, and whatever you rely on for those decisions. If you meditate, if you pray, um, just to sometimes realize a decision that you think you're going to make and you're at peace and you get this sense of peace, sometimes that is the sign that you have been given Whatever it is you look to, that might be a sign that you do have a feeling of peace making that decision and choosing option A or B or whatever it is that you're deciding to do. And you might want this aha moment where someone comes down from the sky or something happens that makes the decision seem like it's very easy. But sometimes don't miss the signs of peace, of just being very at peace uh, with whatever you're deciding. Jason and myself talk about these things all the time. Um, of trying to make tough decisions, and we'll have to make one of those coming up. Um, so just always remember that um, when you get that just good feeling about something, it usually means you're doing the right thing. Uh, so do it and, and let all reservations go um, and dive fully in. As Bill says, don't put your toe in the water. Jump in there and just get going. No doubt about it. What a way to end it, man. As you guys know, double coverage with the McCordy Twins, YouTube, Spotify, um, all of those things uh, iTunes you can find us double coverage with the McCordy twins make sure you go and subscribe and as always get on that fan credit app uh, next week and you'll get a chance to be face to face to face with Devin and myself and you get a chance uh, to ask your question uh, so enjoyed you guys oh, this evening Oh, and I want to say big shout-out to my man, Mickey. Uh, Mickey and Helen and Claudia out in Orlando. Those are good people. Uh, so, I just seen uh, uh, Mickey jumped on. So, just wanted to give a big shout-out from Facebook. Our good people. They like family to us. No doubt about it. So, see you guys next week. Hopefully, everything with training camp gets ironed out. Mm-hmm. And football, so we shall see. We're rooting for that. And like Dev said, hashtag, we want to play. See you guys next Ooh, week. Oh, Good ending.
1: Good ending.